With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's going on, friends? Welcome to Forward Progress, live here on the Forward Progress YouTube channel, part of the Hammer Betting Network and powered by Pinnacle Sportsbook. I'm producer Jason. You can catch me here every Thursday to talk in-depth player props with Hitman Preview, preview the Thursday night football matchup, and talk a little bit about Survivor Pool Picks. We'll also be joined alongside with Eric Eager here. But before we bring uh, our guests on for today, two things we have to get to. Uh, actually, three things this week. First, of all, first and foremost, of course, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button, guys. We've got tons of great content coming towards you uh, throughout the football season. And if you like the show so far, and if you've been tuning in every single week, and you haven't subscribed yet, what the heck are you doing? Just hit that subscribe button. It really helps us out, helps us grow, and it helps us show that you guys are uh, supporting the show. And it lets the YouTube algorithm know, hey, other people might like this too. So uh, we will accept any like or subscribe, and we appreciate all likes and subscribes here. Another thing I want to mention, guys, is the live watch-alongs that we usually do on the Hammer HQ. They're now being moved here. So the, the Forward Progress YouTube channel is going to be hosting the live watch-alongs with Rob Pizzola from here on out. So if you haven't subscribed to the channel, guys, and you were watching those Hammer HQ uh, live watch-alongs, make sure you're subscribed to the, to the Forward Progress YouTube channel because that's where we will be doing them uh, throughout the rest of the season. So make sure you're subscribed here. If you like football stuff, this is the place to be. And then last thing, of course, none of this will be possible without our sponsors over at Pinnacle. Pinnacle is the world's sharpest sportsbook and available to betters in Ontario's and has been the sharpest sportsbook for the last 25 years. We love to preach line shopping on this channel. And with everyday competitive odds, Pinnacle should be one of your available outs. Uh, if you're looking to sign up and support the show, make sure you use code HAMMER when signing up. That's code HAMMER when signing up to Pinnacle. You're a trusted sportsbook for 25 years. Bet smart, bet Pinnacle. Must be 19 plus in Ontario. Please play responsibly and not available in the U.S. Guys, today I am joined first and foremost by the one, the only, Eric Eager. Eric. How's it going? Are you excited for this uh, privilege of a Monday night or excuse me, Thursday night football game? Yeah, I like the the Juju Smith Schuster jersey, uh, Chiefs Super Bowl legend, uh, drawing the the holding penalty from James Bradbury. Uh, you know, I am I you know long gone are the days of like Steve McNair and Ben Roethlisberger, but uh, but we we still get uh, we still get a football game tonight, which we'll be we'll be hankering for come March. I appreciate that. And I appreciate you uh, working in Steve McNair there. A little, little inside joke for the fellow nails who, uh, if you know, you know, is all I'll say. So <laughs> let's just get right into the game here. Uh, the biggest thing for me, I wanted to lead off with Will Levis. But right as we got on, we kind of saw a, a movement uh, towards the Pittsburgh Steelers here. The Pittsburgh Steelers are around like minus two and a half, minus 115, 118-ish on Pinnacle. We moved through that two and a half or at, sitting at a minus three, minus 101 uh, over at pinnacle here are you surprised by this move at all did you kind of expect this where what was your read early in the week on this game and, and did you expect this to kind of go through the three no not i mean i make it two and a half um i think levis offers some variance where we're not quite sure if he's going to be good or not and that's something that i think is is valuable um you know to uh, to the market in the sense that like I think the variance is going to be a little bit different on the, this game that we're, we're used to. Pickett was hurt last Sunday. 
Um, so uh, maybe people were waiting on, you know, the injury reports, not the injury reports, because we've had that all week, but some, some, you know, sort of news as to whether, you know, how much he's going to be limited. And, you know, this would suggest that he's not going to be too limited other than his normal natural limitations of being a below average quarterback. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, I was going to, again, talk Will Levis with you, but since you brought up uh, the the quarterbacks here for the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, the market right now, it looks like we kind of didn't really know it at Sunday night. The market's opened up at around the minus two and a half here. And you mentioned that it went, yeah, I went to the three. It might be because people are believing in Kenny Pickett, but it feels like the market doesn't really care about Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky. They believe that they're the same thing. Uh, do you kind of agree with that sentiment? It seems like you do. And do you think that maybe with a better play caller, uh, Pickett would kind of be valued higher in market than Mitch Trubisky. But like, I guess in this scenario right here, they're kind of the same. Yeah. A lot of smart people I know, like obviously like Rob, for example, like was very high on Pickett coming into the year. And I think we've all had to like change our tune as it's been, you know, the Steelers have still won, right. They're uh, yeah. what, five and three, um, but it has not four and three. They have not been uh, terribly impressive on offense. Um, so, you know, that that's been a, a real troublesome thing. Um, I think with a better coordinator, you can certainly make a rookie quarterback look or rookie uh, deal quarterback uh, look better, especially when you have Deontay Johnson. We have George Pickens, mm -hmm. uh, two young, highly drafted tight ends, Darnell Washington and Pat Fryermuth, who missed time uh, so far. So there have been some impediments, but I think a lot of it is Matt Canada and sort of like the limitations he puts on that offense naturally. Let's talk a bit about Matt Canada here because, like, how, how long is the leash? He's now been in the organization since 2021. I mean, the Steelers have progressively year over year just consistently been in that bottom third in offensive EPA per play, even though like having good weapons like uh, George Pickens, like uh, Deontay Johnson. And, I mean, I, I just don't – I know they said that they're not going to fire Pickett in the middle of the season, but you're four and three right now. You're winning in spite of having like one of the worst EP, offensive EPA per plays of any team in the NFL here. Do you foresee a scenario where they could move off of Matt Pickett this year, or do you believe them when they say they're not going to fire – uh, uh, Matt Canada here uh, in the middle of the season. I, I believe them. I mean, this isn't a team that really does that. Um, it, they stuck with Randy Feekner for a while, who is the OC back when Roethlisberger at the end there. Um, you know, it, unless guys get promoted, usually Mike Tomlin is pretty is pretty um, uh, loyal to them. So I don't see it happening. And frankly, like it, it's going to be hard if they're if they keep winning right like we have yeah. seen offensive coordinators cam cameron lost his job in 2012 and uh was it jim caldwell came in for the ravens and won the super bowl that year we have seen teams that are winning but struggling offensively do make that move but i just don't see the steelers i don't necessarily believe it's in their dna yeah that that, that absolutely makes sense there let's flip over to the other side of the ball here and, and kind of talk about what everyone's kind of thinking about right now like who is will levis right so we saw him last week we saw him and he's gonna be under center tonight for the the Tennessee Titans here looking at the box score 238 passing yards 40 TD sounds like a good game you look at the highlight reel some of those passes they, they look pretty good that deep ball but then you dig deeper you see a 36 percent success rate you look at the film you see him missing throws uh putting the ball behind players uh not really like uh, understanding where the rush is coming from the D here so I mean it's only his first start so we're not going to like criticize the guy right but in his second start here uh how do you see Will Levis faring against the blitz heavy of the Pittsburgh Steelers what is your expectation for him tonight and then also like going back to the 2023 drafts tell us a little bit about the player Will Levis and like how you kind of you you saw him as a prospect coming into the NFL 
Yeah, this feels, I mean, when it, it's funny, I, I actually have to look up this stat here like real quick, but like in Marcus Mariota's first start to get, to give Tennessee Titans, you know, this was a, a situation where in his first start, they went to Tampa Bay and he played against Jameis Winston. But in Marcus Mariota's first start, he was 13 of 15 for 209 and four touchdowns. A perfect 153, 158.3 rating. Um, you know, and was that a harbinger of things to come? You know, he had, you know, basically the rest of the season, 19 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, um, which wasn't, you know, so bad. Um, but, you know, that team, you know, they didn't win a game. Uh, for two months after that initial uh, drubbing of Tampa Bay in his first start. So it is, you do have to be careful. I think a lot of people want who liked Levis are now like sort of like telling everybody eat crow. And I, I just don't think that's warranted, um, you know, coming out, he was a guy who I think, you know, you, you, you like that arm. Uh, he had that talent. You saw him. It's weird. You saw him decline, you know, or, you know, second to last year, Kentucky was better than the last year, Kentucky. So, that that's something that has happened before to quarterbacks who have been successful in the in the NFL. People like Justin Herbert, people like Brock Purdy. Um, some of those guys have you know peaked at different times during their career, as opposed to you know just getting better every year, like Mahomes did, for example. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think people were rightly skeptical of him just because of accuracy issues. But as we saw on Sunday, he does have the arm talent that if people are open. Um, it, they can put it together. I don't think tonight against the Steelers, he's going to have quite as much success as he had the other day. Um, but uh, I also wouldn't be surprised uh, if he did, just given the variance associated with young quarterbacks and what they're capable of. And our general, like, and I'm talking about the community here, our general lack of understanding uh, of the position, especially as it pertains to pro projecting players from college to pro. Yeah, that's such a hard thing to do, and I've always wondered how you guys are, are uh, as you as you model out these games, like how you even ha like come to that conclusion. Or like for me, I just don't even want anything to do with this game, just because we don't really know who or what Will Levis is just yet. Uh, so you mentioned that that big arm from Will Levis, and, I, and I'm curious who you think in this uh, in this Titans passing game would benefit the most from the turn to Will Levis from Ryan Tannehill here. I mean, we saw DeAndre Hopkins go go deep a couple times, but like. I've noticed like throughout the year, he's really struggled to create separation on one of the touchdowns he got. He literally threw the guy. It should have been like an OPI, but it wasn't. Mm -hmm. So like, do you think like DeAndre Hopkins benefits the most here? Do you think Westbrook Keeney, who can kind of create a little bit more separation, who has a little bit more speed in this game, might be able to benefit more from Will Levis here? Which which wide receivers or, or even tight end on this scene do you think has the biggest benefit of, of moving to Will Levis here? I do think it is Westbrook Aquina just because of, you know, the, the, the role he played with, you know, in this yeah. offense for the past few years, Hopkins being like son of a downfield guy that last game was kind of surprising given yeah. kind of his move towards being more of a possession receiver over the past few years. Um, but I do think it's, you got to think about more of the speedier guys. You have to think more of the low catch rate, high ADOT guys that I think, um, you know, really will thrive, you know, in this situation. Do you think Traylon Burks could be one of those guys? I know he's kind of been struggling through injury throughout the season, but uh, I mean, I, I don't really know how much he's going to play tonight, but. Yeah, I, he could. I He's just, to me, like Burks has just been a guy that hasn't been able to get going at the NFL level mm -hmm. and especially down the football field. So I've been, I, I'm, I'm skeptical that he's capable of doing that much right now uh, with Will Levis there, especially considering, you know, Hopkins, emerging in one way was really surprising, but another way, you know, he's a guy that's played with some bad quarterbacks. You look at Hopkins career. It's like, uh, it's Savage, it's Osweiler, it's Keenum. It's, you know, so 
Um, and even at the Cardinals, he had to play with like the Strebler guy and he had to mm-hmm. not, yeah, he had to play with Strebler for a little bit. He had to play with, um, I'm trying to remember who they started last year, uh, in, in that, like that Christmas game where they almost beat Tom Brady, but like Hopkins has played with lots of bad quarterbacks in the NFL. And so, um, there was, there was a decent amount of adjustment there. Burks is like, you know, he probably needs a great quarterback to unlock his mm-hmm. potential. And I don't think Levis is that right now. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Let's move off the, the Titans passing game here. Let's talk a little bit about their run game. I mentioned earlier that the, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers love to blitz. Um, and I mean, with the Titans, like you'd think that with a rookie quarterback in here, you'd be running the football a lot more to kind of alleviate the pressure off the blitz here. The biggest thing though, biggest uh, note right here for the Steelers D is that we have Cam Hayward coming back, who I think is a massive addition to this team. Who's really struggled against the run all year. The Steelers are bottom six in EPA uh, per rush against the rush, uh, this season. Uh, how do you think the Titans, D Titans, sorry, the Titans running backs will fare against the, this kind of new look Steelers D with Cam Hayward in the game here? Are you like, is this going to be like a, how do you see this playing out here? Yeah, I think you're probably going to see more from the change of pace back uh, Spears than you will from Henry, just not more, but like more efficiency. And that's kind of been the way, at times it has gone this year. Um, but yeah, it is good to get Hayward back. Hayward also is a very good pass rusher, which should help them, uh, you know, in that realm as well. But yeah, when you look at EPA per rush allowed, um, you know, the Steelers uh, are actually, you know, still giving up negative, you know, sort of in that regard, but it's just, uh, it's just, you know, a little bit, you um, the, the league, for example, is down in terms of rushing. So, uh, you know, this could be a situation where they, they're, you know, not one of the league's best teams there. They get even better. And, you know, Tennessee has a really hard time running the ball at all. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, I, I'm shocked you said that thing about Tajay Spears there. But uh, I guess, do you, do you think, you, do you, I mean, the, the splits for Derrick Henry here really have been like a 60-40, 60 or 70-30 here. Uh, do you do you kind of see Spears being worked in in the passing game and running game, or you just you just think he's just going to be on the field more than we would expect um, here for for the Titans? Well, I just think he has the ability to kind of make the big play um, more okay. than Henry does now, which is sort of weird. I think Henry, you know, still has the ability to break off the big one, but it's just it's so much more abbreviated now than it has been in the past. Okay, fair enough. Here, let's get to our best bets of the night. Here, Eric, you got two for us. Uh, why don't you start off with the first one? The first one coming from DeAndre Hopkins. What are you, What are you looking for here? Yeah, I just I just like him under his his receiving yardage total. Um, I think that it's a little bit inflated from you know the the previous week. So let me look at you know sort of uh, where it would be in market right now. After I fifty four and a half is what fifty four and a half. Yeah. So I I would just take you know I would take that under. It's it's you know there are some places where it's fifty five and a half, but for the Mm -hmm. most part fifty four and a half widely available to me. That's a that's a a good play. Yeah, fifty four and a half. You can find a minus one ten. There's a couple. Like plus one fifteens at the fifty three and a half there, but let's just go with transparency sake. We're gonna go with the fifty four and a half under uh, receiving yards for DeAndre Hopkins, full unit there, locking that in at minus one ten. And reminder, you can find all of our picks tracked right here. Just search on bet stamp forward progress HQ uh, at, at forward spelt FWD progress HQ, and you can find all our picks tracked there. We're tracking them live as we do the show. Eric, you got one more for us here. Uh, let's let's hear it. Yeah, I, I like in this. I kind of bungled this the last time we talked um, about this prop when when we had uh, was it New Orleans versus Jacksonville. Yeah. So I'm going to be very still got it. Uh, we we still got it. I'm I'm going to be it. I'm going to be very uh, so tackles plus assists. I like yes. Aziz El Jair 
um, over nine and a half. The, you know, it, the price varies. There's a minus 112 out there, but there's also there's, you know, some places where it's a bit more favor than that. Um, when I look at his stats, right, so you look at like, you know, he, he by the way, he was a very good player for the Niners, um, kind of underrated. He was, you know, behind uh, Fred Warner as well as uh, I'm trying to remember the other guy, Greg Greenlaw. And so he was only getting like the third linebacker snaps, which is really hard. But he always flashed in those situations. So it was a really good signing by the Titans. Um, but when you look at his stats, it's six tackles, eight tackles, nine tackles, nine tackles. And then the last three weeks, it's been 15, 15, and 11. Um, the 11 against Atlanta uh, last week, an offense, you know, very similar to what we might see tonight against uh, the Steelers, Baltimore and Indianapolis as previous to. So at any time they've played a team with kind of like a running game kind of identity, which is, I think, what Pittsburgh wants to be, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, El Jair has uh, has, you know, really racked up the tackles. So that that would be the play that I would make uh, tonight. All right, I'm going to lock that in at minus 130 just because the minus 112 are all from the same feed here. So just for transparency, we're going to get the minus 130 here over nine and a half. Aziz al Shair tackles plus assist, tackles plus assist, minus 130. Locking that in for a full unit here. Let's move off uh, the Thursday night football game here quickly. Let's talk quickly about Survivor. Uh, we survived last week, even though we lost two weeks ago. But hey, we're still we're still in it. We're still kicking. We took Baltimore. I mean, we didn't get the cover, but... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, survivor, not cover, right? So, anyways, uh, this week, who are you who are you looking for for survivor this week? We got the New Orleans Saints; they're up against Chicago, minus nine. Uh, Cleveland against Arizona. Cleveland sitting at a seven and a half right now. Those seem to be the two popular picks. Are you looking at those two in particular? Or would you kind of like move off the off those two popular? Yeah, picks and look hard to debate them. So it's hard to do Cleveland because you know the the quarterback situation is unknown. Yeah. Um, the defense has kind of regressed the last few weeks. That being said, Arizona. And there's also uncertainty about who Arizona is going to play because they just yeah. traded Josh Dobbs. Um, I think that means they're going to start Clayton Toon and kind of continue to lose here, kind of try to get some distance between them and the other teams that are vying for the number one pick. So that one is one that, you know, you have to proceed with caution. Um, New Orleans makes a lot of sense to me. Tyson Bajan wasn't good the other day. Um, but, you know, I, I don't like New Orleans generally as far as, you know, their prospects this year. But – uh, this is probably the one spot where you can take them and feel somewhat confident that you're going to get home. Yeah, exactly. And also, I mean, throughout the season, you're mm-hmm. when are you ever really going to take this team again? Just looking at their schedule, they're maybe week 14, Carolina minus seven and a half, but who knows? You might not be sticking around for that long. Just one question for you: Would you would you look at all at the Atlanta Falcons against the Minnesota Vikings here? Atlanta right now minus four and a half. I think we saw some five and a half in, in market here, but I mean. It's not really a popular pick. You probably never pick the Falcons, right? Is this like a mm-hmm. good kind of spot to go uh, contrarian here, or is it almost too late in the game to do this? So I don't know because Carolina, they get, they get to play Carolina again, you know, on the road, you know, uh, granted. So that might not not be uh, the best. They get Tampa Bay at home, which I think by season's end, Tampa Bay is going to be, uh, you know, fairly weak. So that I wouldn't but waste it on Atlanta here. Again, a lot of unknowns. Like we don't know Jaron Hall could come out and play really well. This Vikings team, um, you know, are three and zero without Justin Jefferson. So you know, Kevin O'Connell is doing a really good job. The Viking, you know, I I I think the coaching edge that the Vikings have over the Falcons is pretty big, and so it would be tough for me to get there. Even though you're right, I mean, it is probably the one good time where you could take Atlanta. I just think, like, if it were to ever go busto on somebody, you would look back at it and be like, look, like, there was just a lot of reasons not to take this game. 
Um, so I just want to be, you know, kind of transparent on the reasons I, I wouldn't take that game uh, this weekend. Yeah, we're already so like late in the game, week nine. I mean, a lot of the pools that I'm in that I'm still alive in, there's over like, I mean, there's only around like 10, 15% left. You don't want to burn that on a, on a cheeky entry when you're trying to go contrarian week nine here. Uh, that's that's just, a, that wraps it up for us, Eric. I'm going to let you go. But before I do, as we always do, two <laughs> quick questions for tonight's game. Unofficial prediction for tonight. Let's look at the spread. Minus three, minus 101 over at Pinnacle for the Steelers. Do you like the, the Pittsburgh side or do you like the Tennessee side plus three, minus 109? I, I think Tennessee plus three is the way to go now. It's just hard. It's hard for me to envision. Um, it's hard for me to envision uh, winning by margin uh, with respect to, you know, Kenny Pickett and company. Um, if, it, you know, th- that's not really their jam their jam is to is to win when no one expects them or reasonably has a reason to expect them to win a game so um for that reason i i, I sort of like tennessee here play into the variance uh with one uh will levis all right i love it and then last question before i let you go here first td prediction for tonight um wow okay um i'm gonna go i hope he's active for this one but it'll probably it'll if he's somehow inactive because he's been so ineffective this year it will void Kind of like Allen Robinson, <laughs> um, like twenty-eight to one. Um, look, you're 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 not trying to hit these anyway. Like, well, you are trying to hit these, but like, you know, I think you have to kind of have that reaction that you just had, Jason. Was like, ugh, right? When yeah. you take some of these guys, and there there are you know prices where you can get Robinson at a, at a fairly solid, uh, you know, hit if he were to yeah. uh, you know catch a fade in the first possession or something. Of course, and like just looking at the board, there's even some shops that are like off mark, eighteen to one, fourteen to one. And you have the twenty-eight to one that you mentioned. Like just looking at the general market, it seems like an interesting play here, Eric. Eric, thank you so much for your time. You can find Eric Eager, VP of Sumer Sports, on this channel every Wednesday for our best bets, you uh, best bets show. You can also find him uh, every every week on the Sumer Sports Show alongside Thomas Dimitrov. Eric, thank you so much for your time. We'll talk soon. Jason, have a good one. Take care. All right. See you, Eric. That was Eric Eager, VP of Sumer Sports. Guys, before I bring on our next guest in Hitman, two things I'm going to ask you guys. One, drop your plays in the chat, guys. Last couple of weeks, we've done a great job with the chat interaction going back and forth. You guys have been asking some great questions for our prop expert here uh, for Hitman. Uh, so if you have any questions, if you have any props you're looking to play that you're kind of on the fence about, not sure what you're going to do, or if you already played them, drop them in the chat and hear what Hitman has to say about them. And before I bring Hitman on here, one more thing. Quick reminder, tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern, you will catch Rob Pizzola live right here on this channel. That's right, not on the Hammer HQ YouTube channel, on the Forward Progress HQ YouTube channel for a live watch-along of tonight's game. So if you're looking for a little bit of entertainment while you're watching the game, don't like to listen to the broadcast, then uh, I think this is the perfect place for you. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button as well. It does us a big, big favor in the algorithm right here. So make sure you do those two things. And if you want to, again, watch that live watch-along, it will be on this channel, not on the, the Hammer HQ channel. We're moving the watch-alongs to this channel from here on out. So, going to bring in Hitman now. Hitman, how's it going? Yo, it's going well. <laughs> Got quite the quite the uh, game tonight. I love it. I just... And- uh- and I, I don't I, got, I don't got much. Uh, I'm gonna be honest with everybody. So, <laughs> all, right, all right, fair enough. Here, I just started laughing because when I brought you in, I don't get to see your little uh, the little header underneath your name, and I just tonight's game sucks. And hey, I I, I don't disagree with it as uh, 
as uh, as Eric Eager always says, it is a privilege to watch these games. But I'm curious to to he- hear your thoughts about the move uh, that we, we kind of saw right before we hopped on the show. Uh, the Tennessee Titans and the Pittsburgh, so the Pittsburgh Steelers are lined at two and a half at Pinnacle. Move through that three, and now it's at a uh, minus three, juice towards the plus three for the Tennessee Titans here. Did you kind of expect that uh, th- uh, early on in the week when you saw the lines open up here? Pissed or? off. I, I strong, strong leaned towards the Steelers. Mm-hmm. I, um, I did bet a little bit of two and a half minus 110 a few days ago, and it was, yeah. it was just a strong lean, that, and I just never ended up betting more on it. To, to be honest, but th- that's the direction that I was looking at. And yeah. I agree with the move. I think that it, it's a tough ask for Will Levis to go on the road in yeah. Pittsburgh against this pass rush and now has Cameron Hayward back and, and be successful like he was last week. The, the jury's still up in the air with him. Yes, he had a bunch of splash plays last week, but he also had a very low success rate. And now that the league has some film on him, things are going to get a lot tougher. And the Titans do tend to struggle when their offensive line has to go up against these really good fronts, even when Tannehill was a quarterback. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it seems like it's going to be a big struggle, as we talked about with Eric Eager a lot earlier on in the show here. I'm curious how you handle a quarterback change like this, right? Like, we we saw the one game from Will Levis, but that's usually not enough here. And we're kind of seeing this around the league where we're seeing guys who we've legit never seen before. We, we have, like... Tyson Bajan come up uh, for the Chicago Bears a couple weeks. So we have Jaron Hall this week for your Minnesota Vikings. How do you kind of attack these games pro- from a props perspective here with so much uncertainty around these guys who are who are basically brand new to our eyes? Yeah, I mean, it makes it, it – it, it can be harder on the better, but it could also be harder on the bookmaker because yeah. they, they don't have a good idea of how to price a lot of these guys either. But – it's, it's also it just it leads to a lot more variance to be honest um yeah it just it kind of it, it makes it makes your handicap very subjective you're not gonna have you're not gonna be able to put it into some type of model and yeah. be able to get a great answer so I mean I like it I, I'm more of a subjective better anyway so I like it personally and trying to handicap all right, well, now – and it just doesn't go to the quarterback either. It goes yeah. to all the other players yeah. because you have all this data with um, certain Titans pass catchers when Tannehill's the quarterback, and now it's like, all right, now throw that out the window because what does Will Levis like to do? Ryan, Will Levis could like to throw to a certain position more than Tannehill, or Will Levis could walk in on his number one receiver more than a guy like Tannehill. So – there's a lot to uncover when this happens. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I always say uncertainty is uncertainty, excuse me, is always and, better for the better because we don't have to post all the lines. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, and I'll give you like one example, even is Justin Fields and most mobile quarterbacks tend not to throw to running backs often. Mm. And uh, Tyson Bagent, Bagent, however, I'm, I'm, I'm just not going to learn how to say his name. I, I don't care. He'll be out of the league by next year. So I don't need to remember <laughs> it. But he tends to throw the checkdowns a lot more. So, like, last week, like, a lot of the running backs on the Bears were showing value on their over on receptions. So, it's just little stuff like that. Yeah, just just complete uncertainty here. And like I said, obviously, we don't have to make all the lines. So, it's harder on the books because they don't really know 
what to look for. But hey, neither do we. It's like like you said, subjective handicapping. Just kind of looking to dart through here. We have a question from the chat already. We got Eric asking if you were the one behind that uh, Will Levis under steam. No. If I was going to bet Will Levis under, I would look towards completions anyway rather than the yards because yeah, Will Levis has shown that he's just getting – I mean, at least through one week, very high average depth of target mm-hmm. thrower right now. So, so, And his success rate was very low, which tends – if he's going to be a splash player like that, probably benefits the yards more than completion. So, no, I haven't bet anything with Will, Will Levis. I haven't bet much, to, in, I, I don't know, to be honest. Fair enough here. And I'm looking at the the lines right now for the passing yards. It seems like there's a little bit of market discrepancy here. There's a 193 and a half, but market is around 200, 201 and a half is best price. You'll see you can get a 201 and a half minus 121 towards the under over at Pinnacle. And like you mentioned here for past attempts, past attempts are all the way up at 28 and a half here. And like you said, guy who might have, who has a lower success rate, who's not really good at like, from what we've seen only in one game, making those completions and kind of more the big chunk play guy that might be a better lean here. Uh, how do you feel like, like, I, I know you mentioned that we kind of have to throw the book out on, on these Titans receivers here. And this is kind of more of a sub- subjective handicap. I asked the same thing to Eric eager here. Who do you think benefits the most from Will Levis in the passing game for the Tennessee Titans? here? You know, uh, it it's tough because it's probably going to be a vertical shot like that one of these guys catches I, I i don't think that a lot of these receivers are going to benefit as far as like receptions yeah. and everything but maybe like if i was to look at like a titans guy it would be like longest reception maybe okay. i would look towards or, or something I, I, maybe Traylon burks he came back last week his number is super low right now it's like in the mid-20s and he was on a, a snap share in his first game back, but now another game back. This was a first-round pick of theirs that did show some promise. So maybe Traylon Burks, and he theoretically is the guy that should be able to win vertical and down the field. So if I had to pick one that I would think would benefit, obviously, other than the um, Hopkins last week was the big beneficiary, it it would be Traylon Burks. I could tell you a guy that I think doesn't benefit. If Mm -hmm. This is probably my only official play, Jason. Let's let's hear it. Let's lock it in. All right. So I'll give a caveat. I liked the receptions better. There's still a 120 out there, but it's at one book. Most books are like 140-ish right now, and that's just a little thin. But I like Nikhil Westbrook-Elhini under 16 and a half receiving yards. And I talked about how I think there's going to be – there could be a lot less volume for this team. I don't expect much success – from the Titans pass game, to be honest, in this spot. And Westbrook Ohini was in a five-man rotation last week mm-hmm. at receiver with um, Chris Moore, Kyle Phillips, Hopkins, and Traylon Burks. And, you know, any boost to Traylon Burks' playing time is going to be a huge plus for us as far as it negatively impacting Ohini. Because when the Titans go into 11 personnel, they're going with Hopkins – They're going with Kyle Phillips in the slot and Traylon Burks was rotating a little bit with Moore and with uh, Elhini and Elhini and Moore were also rotating in some jumbo packages, but Elhini only 13 routes last week on 31 pass attempts. Will Levis is at 27 and a half pass attempts lined right now. 
I mean, we can look at a game, especially if Traylon Burks does get that little boost. We're looking at a game he might only have eight to ten pass routes potentially in this game. So I, I like Ohini under. And to um, the people that say they found a, a rogue number on Elhini receptions, uh, I like it to 130. So if uh, you can get under 130, I would play the receptions. If you can't, let's pivot to 16 and a half yards. So, so the, the one and a half receptions, I'm seeing one, two, I'm seeing like two or three books and th- that are all like widely, widely available books. Uh, listing that minus one twenty. I even see. Uh, I see okay. the one twenty five. I see a one twenty out there. So I'm gonna. Okay. I'm gonna I go feel like that. the one twenty five. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Go with that. And if you if you are playing at books where the juice has gotten out of hand on the receptions, I would pivot to the yards. But we'll go with the receptions. That is my favorite play. Okay. So what I'm gonna do though, just for transparency, say we're gonna split the bet. We're gonna do fifty on on the under one and a half receptions at minus one twenty five here. Then we're gonna look towards the receiving yards. We're gonna take a look, and there's, I mean. It's 16 and a half everywhere, minus 110. So we're going to put split a unit. We're going to do 50 to win 50 on Nick Westbrook, Akini under 16 and a half receiving yards, minus 110. Then we're going to do under one and a half receptions, minus 125. You're locking that in. Reminder, you can find all the plays tracked. Forward Progress HQ, head over to bet stamp type in FWD Progress HQ. All the plays are tracked there. And may I mention, this Thursday show is keeping that keeping the account alive. Hey, man, you got to do some more work on those best bets. But uh, maybe that's a talk for another oh. I mean, does it help me? Anybody watching it, does it help me that we talked about Buffalo Cincinnati before the best bets were released? And I say, I like Buffalo Cincinnati over 48 and a half, but it's not best bet time. So I say that as I say it, the market blows up to 49 and a half. So when it becomes best bet time, five minutes later, I have to give out 49 and a half. And I still liked it up to 50. But I'm just telling everyone at the hammer, that game better not land 49. Or <laughs> oh you're, gonna get, you're gonna get a pissed off hitman that comes in. I'm already clipping this and posting this on Twitter, but it'll be even more funny when it does land on that 49. You have that, you have that Raz market uh, effect going on here. So hitman, you gotta take I don't that know why on the forward progress. <laughs> I, I don't know who the hell is listening to me and uh betting that up after I said that. All right. Well, let's get back on track here. Let's uh, let's let's continue to look at this game. We talked a lot about the Titans side of the ball. Let's look towards the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers and let's look towards their offense here. One of the questions in the chat is, uh, is this week the week that Pittsburgh finally realizes Jalen Warren is the better running back? Personally, I have no idea. I don't think there ever will be a week. I think they're going to sunk cost their way and just ride Najee Harris for as long as possible. But what are your thoughts on Jalen Warren versus Najee Harris? No, Do you like anything? It's not the week. It's not the week. It's going to be the same situation that Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard were last year. I, I don't. I don't think we're going to get to a point where they go away from from Harris. They. I, I think that Warren's going to have a similar role the entire season, to be honest. So yeah, just think back to that split last year where everybody's saying what about the Pollard Elliott stuff. That's what I think Pittsburgh's doing. Yeah, and it's also like. Neither guy, I think, is is as good as the other guys you're mentioning there either. So it's like not really that 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 big of an impact there. And if we look at snapshots, you can see like throughout the year, it's been like basically 55 to 60 percent for Najee Harris and uh, 40 like 40 to 45 for Jalen Warren here. In the prop side of things, though, do you like like Jalen Warren feels like it's lined pretty high for rushing and receiving 48 and a half? Is that something that would like tempt you to like look towards an under 
or are you just like I know you're saying you're staying a lot of stuff, staying off of a lot of stuff for this game. Like for either of these guys, are you looking towards any of their unders with how good this Tennessee um, Titans D has been against the run? Yeah, I mean, I considered Najee Harris under because it's probably going to be an inefficient game yeah. from him. But at the same time, you have to ask yourself, like, when you're betting unders, you have to ask yourself, like, what are my outs? Like, are my outs that an injury can happen, which is always obviously a factor? Like, is, is it ineffectiveness? Is it a uh, timeshare? Could another player take some snaps? Is it the matchup? And for this, I think that an out on Harris is the matchup and everything, but I think that the volume is going to be there because I just mm-hmm. don't anticipate the Titans ever getting to a point where they can take Pittsburgh out of their offense because I'm not anticipating a lot of success for the Titans' offense. I think that it's one of those games Harris is probably going to get those 14 carries for yeah. three and a half yards a pop, you know, and it make it makes his rush number very interesting. So I leaned towards the under on Harris, but I ended up not firing on it. All right. Fair enough here. I was leaning towards a couple unders here. Same thing for me, but I'm not the expert. You are Uh question in a chat from RW fan 23. Uh, if you, and this is more of like a philosophical question here, Hey man, but if you could only bet one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be player props or sides and totals? It would be player props and it wouldn't even be a question. Um, <laughs> the, the big thing with player props is when you're doing this like to really really start mm-hmm. making some money and everything getting down becomes the problem on the yeah. player props whereas like a side in total i could go to you know i could go to some of the market making books pinnacle no, no great one taking great limits on nfl sides not limiting players i could go to pinnacle and some other shops and i could get my fill easily on sides and totals and it's not as much work getting down player props. It's just, it, it's a lot of work getting down. So it, it makes it a lot more difficult. But the reason that is, is because sides and totals, my edge is significantly smaller than it is on player props. Like I'll, I'll put it like this, like when I'm betting NFL sides and totals, when I come into the season for regular season, NFL sides and totals, I believe that I'm going to win. I think that there's a, better than 53% chance that I'm going to win when it comes to player props. Like I, I know that I'm going to win on player props. So, and, and I could easily lose for the year on sides and totals player props. I'm probably, I'm, I'm not going to lose when, when I have as many outs as I have and everything like that. So if you're looking to attack one thing, and especially if you're a smaller, better, be look to attack the player props, especially, especially if you're looking to bet hundreds of dollars instead of if you're looking to bet tens of thousands, then look at the sides and totals, but focus on props. All right. A little, a couple wise words here from Hitman here. I hitman, I'll let you go. But one, a couple things before we uh, get out of here, any best bets, not for just for tonight's game, but maybe for Sunday, I see you're wearing a Vegas golden Knights uh, shirt here. Uh, maybe a NHL bet. We've seen you give out an NCAA college football bet. We've seen you giving out some regular season uh, win totals here on the, on the on the network. Do you have anything you like other than tonight's game, or is is that it for you for best bets for tonight? Um, let me let me go look at the portfolio right now. See if I can <laughs> see anything. 
No, uh, no pressure to give anything out here. Obviously, if you don't yeah, want this, to. This was a release from another service, so the line. I mean, we're getting a little bit of the worst of it right now, but I still think it has some value. If you can find Alexander Madison rush yards in the mid forties, I think that that is worth a uh, play. Okay, Madison. It's a tough matchup against a really underrated Falcons run defense. Cam Akers is starting to get a lot more snaps. The team has said they're going to ride the hot hand. Madison's coming off a game where he had 17 carries or 17 touches for 33 yards. So with Minnesota giving those, we're going to ride the hot hand comments and Madison's coming off just such an ineffective game. We talk about unders. You got to have a lot of outs. He could be ineffective. The, the game script could get away from him with the Falcons being four-point favorites. Cam Akers could get a lot more snaps, and, and he could have the hot hand. So I think there's some outs on uh, the Alexander Madison unders this week. 44.5 minus 120 is what I see. There's actually a 46.5 minus 110. There's only one available. It's at a, a, a sportsbook that I think accepts relatively higher limits on props here. Um, but are you good with that? 44.5 under minus 120 here for Alexander Madison? Yeah. All right, let's lock that in here. And then last two things before you get out of here, Hitman, before I let you go. Uh, unofficial prediction for tonight's game, Pittsburgh right now, minus three, minus 101 over at Pinnacle, Tennessee plus three, minus 109. Who do you like for this game? If, unofficial if I prediction. two and a half, I'd be all on Pittsburgh. So yeah. at three, I lean towards Pittsburgh. Uh, if you're in contests and pools, a lot of them are like these half point ones where, and even like Circa and Westgate, I think have their, their contests and it's two and a half mm-hmm. in the contest. So I, I like the Steelers at anything at the two and a half numbers. And uh, on a, you said what unofficial first touchdown score, which first I'm like, oh, made on this any year. Touch, whatever you want. Um, oh man. What is the no touchdown score? That's what I was thinking. Is, is, is there an <laughs> option in that or no? Uh, I, there, there is an option. Let me just pull up some some other books here for a second. I was I was thinking about that. I'm not gonna lie. Like I think if we're ever gonna take one of these for for one of these games, it'd be tonight. Um, let me see if I can pull that up quickly. Or if anyone in the chat, if anyone in the chat has looked at it or bet it, uh, no touchdown score here. Um, I can't find it right now on Pinnacle. Right. Uh, might have to shop around a bit for it. But I let's I, let's go. We'll go. I'm, I'm gonna get square. We'll go uh, Deontay Johnson. Hasn't scored a touchdown in a year and a half, despite <laughs> having such a great target share. Deontay Johnson against the pass funnel, Tennessee Titans. All right, beautiful. Gun to your head. Don't bet that, guys. Uh, just a little fun for you uh, if you wanted to sprinkle any pizza money. It's like it. Anyways. And I like uh, Holt. Big game for the Titans. Regular season win total under seven and a half. That play was so good that we gave out under seven and a half. And the Titans won against Atlanta, and it's still six and a half right now, juiced over. Can't do much better than that. So let's hope that we get a, a Titans L tonight. We're ho- we're hoping for a Titans L right now to prop up the uh, after all the damage you've done on the Wednesday show. But uh, <laughs> I'm just just playing around here. Hey man, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Yep, thank you guys. All right, we'll talk soon. That was Hitman Pro Sports Better. You can catch him here every Wednesday for our best bets show and guys if you haven't checked out our wednesday best bet show and you're looking for some 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 bets for uh the weekend make sure you do guys because we're getting we're constantly getting some good clv they might not win but we're getting clv that's half the battle right there so that will be 
it for us today, guys. Thank you so much for everyone who's tuned in, all 70 of you who've watched consistently from the start to the finish. I appreciate you. I see you. And everyone watching after the fact, if you don't mind, just hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. It does a really, it does a lot for us uh, over here on the channel, uh, and it really helps us out. And if you're watching after the fact, drop a comment for your prediction for tonight's game. Before I head out, though, one more thing. Tomorrow live at 2 p.m. Eastern on this very channel, I will be back live alongside Matthew Freeman from the Fantasy Life John Legaza from The Athletic and Jack Miller from Establish the Run. We're talking player props. We're talking injury follows from the practice reports. You don't want to miss this show if you're looking to bet player props, guys. So uh, make sure you're tuning in. We give out our six best player props for uh, the week of, for the Sunday football games. Uh, so make sure you're subscribed to the channel. And one more reminder, if you didn't catch it already on the top of the show or halfway through the show, the Forward Progress, or excuse me, the live watch-along with Rob as well will be on the Forward Progress HQ YouTube channel. So if you're watching those watch-alongs before, make sure you head over to this channel to watch them. They're not going to be on the Hammer HQ anymore. They're going to be on the Forward Progress HQ channel moving forward. If you like football, this is the channel for you. So guys, thanks so much for tuning in. For myself, for Eric Eager, for the Hitman, this has been Forward Progress, powered by Pinnacle on the Hammer Betting Network. Guys, thank you so much to me. To, Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll catch you guys later.